Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio. Good morning, Vassars. Good morning, aloha. Welcome to the show. Tell me about Helen Skelton, first of all. So, Blue Peter, all the challenges on Blue Peter. Country file for near on a decade now. The Strictly runner-up last year. Um, I've presented on telly with her. She is quite possibly the nicest person you will ever hope to meet. And she is just a ray. I can't wait for her to come in. She's always a ray of sunshine. And she's just written her memoir. And it's called... My, in my stride, lessons learned through life and adventure. It's yeah. Very good. You just, if you look at the photo pages of that book, oh my goodness. She's also a very handy boxer. She boxed for Comet Relief. She really did. Uh, Best selling author, Tom McFly's Tom Fletcher, is here telling, telling us about his 20th kid's book, A Christmas Saurus Carol. If you, if you just squint or just glance at it, it looks like A Christmas Carol. Mm. See what you're doing there, Tom. Very wise move. Yeah, marketing. you see, The Christmas Saurus is, uh, front jacket is his franchise. <laughs> it's Scouting really good. For girls performing live at the top of the tower today, including tracks on their brand new album, The Place We Used to Meet, which is all very good. Uh, your cinch of the week, we're taking them now. You get a beat for your cinch of the week. Like that. Uh, Vasis since the week is being a super charity fund fashion show um, host over the last couple of nights for Bart. A charity fashion show. Tequila Tilly laughed her socks off watching Off Menu at the Royal Albert Hall. Fantastic Mr. Felix met up with his best mate Emily to congratulate her on her new job. Showbiz John cozied up on the sofa with his kids and watched the latest episode of The Great British Bake Off. Aussie Jane journeyed up 311 steps to the monument to the Great Fire of London. That was on Monday or over the weekend or Tuesday. I can't remember. Marvellous Samira took Bargy her beagle on an invigorating walk in the rain. Brilliant Ben smashed his 5k personal best. Big G caught up with the wonderful breakfast show team and Willy Wonka enjoyed some jazz at a gig on Wednesday I have a cinch of the week I had my stitches out yesterday guess how long it took um 10 minutes 70 seconds 70 seconds 70 seconds and now I am stitch free I am nasty free and also I had a tour around talk tv yesterday which I really enjoyed because I went down because Mag said who worked she's in charge of every she's like the uber hair and makeup Mm. lady she's in charge of everybody else she musters all the other hair and makeup artists that's her job and she's brilliant at it and they love her her team absolutely love her and she gave me a tour around talk tv yesterday apparently it's amazing yeah it is we're all gonna go yeah and and cut my hair as well Sort of, I didn't really notice she'd done that. I didn't know whether she did, she did whilst we were walking around, whether I sat down in a chair. I don't know, she just, I don't even know if she used blades or clippers or whatever. It's like a gorilla haircut. She saw me in the street the other day, she said, you need your haircut in. I said, well, that's a first for about 20 years. And so anyway, she cut it yesterday, which was good. That's all cool, isn't it? Your cinch of the week so far. My cinch of the week was booking Easter flights to Dubai to see my eldest son. I'm so excited. 
says Diane in Windy Wales. Windy everywhere today. If you want some sun in England, you need to go to Swindon. It's the only place that's going to get sun in England. Um, actually, you say that, Newcastle, but on the Scottish borders. Uh, Cumbria is going to get some sun. Lots of Scotland. North Wales is going to get sun and Northern Ireland. But in sort of uh, mid to South England, you're only going to get it in Swindon. Well done, Swindon. Steve says, my cinch of the week was getting all packed as today. My wife, Rebecca, and I are leaving for Vegas to see you two at the Sphere. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. One concert is not enough, so we booked to go twice. Stop it. Actually, stop it. No need for that whatsoever. Hi, Chris. My cinch of the week was listening to Stephen Sinead on Tuesday and being inspired enough to go and bag myself a ticket for Madonna for tomorrow night. I think that's incredible. Well done, Shona from Balata. I can't believe... I can't believe slash can believe there were any tickets left for her the opening night of her latest tour because everybody wants to know what she's going to do. Apparently, she's going to play 40 hits because she's had more than 40 hits, which is quite incredible. And I'm like, I can't believe slash can believe there's, there's tickets left for tomorrow night because tickets for gigs now are so expensive. To go and see Blink-182 at the O2 soon, it's over 100 quid. Um, for a ticket and then much more than that for other tickets I think you're going to see gig tickets coming down a bit I think they've they've overcooked it a bit on that. more well, than a bit I mean when you see the ticket price waiting front. lists to get on waiting lists to pre-register for tickets for some tours mm. like you know Taylor Swift for mm. instance I suppose they think well <laughs> we can charge what we like yeah um, and they sort of do and they sort of are but I think those prices were going to they're going to start coming down I don't know I'm just thinking out loud Pass us over to you. From dance floor fillers to festive thrillers, our next guest is the man for all occasions. He's the prolific McFly McWriter, whose 20th kids' book, The Christmasaurus Carol, is out now. So here to tell us how The Christmasaurus is going to get you, please welcome Tom Fletcher. Yay! <laughs> Hello, Tom. Hello, good morning. Happy Christmasaurus. Uh, thank you very much. That's so cool. Your 20th kids book did you ever write this much at school um uh, i definitely wrote stories at school i don't think i had the kind of focus it's, i really loved stories i love telling stories but i think i was just too i just wanted to get stuff down i wasn't focused enough so it's taken a lot of time to i'm still a little bit like that to be honest yeah christmas stories carol very clever tile my favorite book of all time is a christmas carol oh it's fantastic yeah it's amazing actually this was all inspired by just the title it was written in my note when i've got loads of notes of like ideas for books yeah and this, I've had a Christmas or a carol written down in my notes for like seven years. So I kept coming back to it and just thought there's something in that. And um, yeah, and so it just felt like the right time. Well, the time. Christmas or was always going to end up here. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, I I wrote the Christmas Horus, I think, about nine years ago, yep. just after my our, our eldest son was born. And I never thought it would turn into, four, well, four novels. I think we're on two picture books now. And yeah. There's a stage show coming next year again. It's just grown into this. It's just taken over my life, really, in <laughs> in all the best ways. You know, I love Christmas and, um, and had this obsession with dinosaurs growing up. So it's kind of the perfect project for me. And I write music for it as well. And so it's, yeah, it's kind of everything that I love in one in one project. The Christmasaurus to kids' books is like becoming what Michael Bublé is to Christmas. Isn't it? it is the Michael Bublé of the Christmas kids. Well, I mean, there's no Nothing more compliment that. than that. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you very much. So we got William. We have William, not just William, but your William. So tell us about little William. So William is so William is the Christmas Horus's best friend, yep. and they William is in all of the Christmas Horus adventures. Uh, in this one, there's a magical copy of a Christmas Carol yep. that William gets from this mysterious library, and Ebenezer Scrooge escapes from a Christmas Carol, da, da, da. and he's trying to humbug Christmas. So it's down to the Christmas Horus, <laughs> William, Santa, and all of the Christmas Horus gang to try and get Ebenezer Scrooge back into his yeah. copy of his book. 
He's on the loose. He's on the loose. Oh my goodness! It's a great. That's a fantastic idea. It's been really, really. It's been really fun playing with a character like Scrooge that we all know and love and hate. Brilliant character. um, And you know, being able to. It's such an honour actually being able to play with him amongst all of my own characters. Yeah. Um, It's been really good fun. I I never get tired of any Christmas Carol, Muppet Christmas Carol, Scrooge, Bill Murray. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so good, isn't it? And if you read the original Dickens book. Every paragraph is like a work of art. It is. It is absolutely amazing. I mean, it's got the most incredible opening, I think, of, of all time. And I, I actually I toyed with the idea of maybe just doing more of a retelling of it with Mike, like the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yeah. And then I actually just thought it'd be really fun to kind of just take him out of his world and put him into the world of the Christmas Auras and have him on the loose trying to run around. And I also like the idea. So in the book, the dad, Bob, he reads A Christmas Carol and gets to a certain point and then doesn't finish the book. And it's at the point where Scrooge hasn't resolved his story yet. Yeah. So he's still very much, he's still very Scroogey. And it's at that point that he escapes. So it's it's almost like he, he needs to go back in to fulfill his journey. Yeah. I just really like that idea that, you know, you could take someone at a certain point of their story and then be a certain way because they haven't lived their whole story yet. What about other characters escaping from other fairy tales? That'd be fun, yeah, wouldn't not? it? You keep going. Yeah. They'll bump into each other somewhere. Yeah. You know, it's like the multiverse. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And um, William wants to be in the choir, but he's too scared to put his hand up. This is interesting, isn't it? So, because because he loves Christmas so much, you think, well, hang on a minute. If he loves Christmas, where's it going? So he's got to have his Grinch moment. Mm. So he does have his Grinch moment. How? do you want to say about this yeah well i don't want to give away any spoilers but yeah i think that is absolutely it's that's the the kind of i can absolutely relate to that you know i I grew up loving singing but i'm i'm a bit of an introvert and i don't ever put myself (laughs) forward well you'll know from you know knowing me over the years but i'm i'm absolutely not that confident and i wanted to kind of put that into william he loves christmas and loves singing and desperately wants to have this solo in the choir um but just doesn't have the confidence to do it and of course another kid who is super confident gets that part and seeing him you know have this internal kind of torment and resentment and then the guilt of feeling those feelings is absolutely something i can relate to all throughout my whole life i think it's like the little boy who goes the naughty little boy who goes around the school with a big pin and he pops a balloon and he pops an inflatable and then he pops an airbed and his headmaster says, well, look, hang on a minute, you've let the balloon down, you've let the airbed down, but most of all, you've let yourself down. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what he feels like, doesn't he? Because he, he feels like, oh, you know, he's disappointed with himself mm. and then he blames it on Christmas for a bit. Yeah, yeah, well, he almost doesn't, you know, he almost doesn't want Christmas to happen, Yeah. Um, which is the kind of, you know, a bit of the, the trigger for the events that then then follow. But also he feels like he's letting his dad down, you know, he's, yeah. his dad was in the choir when he was young and wants to, you know, you know live in, in uh, fulfil his dad's kind of uh, uh, shoes. Um, so yeah, that's, and that's something, you know, I absolutely can relate to. I think I write a lot of my books really for my own kids as well. I've got three young boys, so I, I always have them in my head when I'm writing and mm. they kind of become the characters for me so are you on the clock then because obviously as they continue to get older these this kind of book will be less relevant so will you change your writing style to continue to um to satisfy the immediate domestic market i.e your house <laughs> yeah or will you stay where you are and, and they move on i don't know because i feel like i because i write picture books for younger kids um for two to five year olds this is middle grade so it's seven to twelve year olds and i also i've, I've got a um a trilogy that i write with my wife for young adult um but i feel like middle grade is really my kind of my sweet spot where I find yeah. that I naturally write. Flow, where you flow. Yeah, and just I can explore deeper ideas, but it's also really fun and yeah, have yeah. the you know fun about writing about Christmas and dinosaurs. But also, I love, you know, my son, my eldest is nine, 
so he's right at the sweet spot for these books and I love the conversations that we have they're really deep and meaningful and you know and I, I love that I get to kind of explore those same ideas in my books but also on the surface it's a story about Christmas and Santa and dinosaurs but underneath that there's you know much deeper kind of yeah messages. that's cool man it's really cool Tom Fletcher we're talking to Tom from McFly about a Christmas Christmasaurus Carol his 20th children's book unbelievable the review is in Vassos yes so our nine year old um, Tom reviews all the books on this show all the kids books on this show okay um, <clears throat> now slight spoiler alert because she's reviewed some of yours before and she absolutely adores the Christmasaurus I mean okay. she came first thing she saw and it wasn't even that obvious in our hallway when she came home from school she goes oh, is, that, is that a Christmasaurus book is that a new Christmasaurus book gimme 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 uh, but then she did she had a little moment because she's had she had quite she gets paid now right, two pounds wow. per review great okay <laughs> I'm not. Which she's so proud of. <laughs> we all yeah, think she's such a skinflint. <laughs> two way, pounds, it's two pounds. She's, she's been doing it for years. She only just started getting paid about three weeks ago. Um, I'm not 100% convinced she's quite finished this one yet. Oh, so wow. I'm wondering if I should, I should actually... Delay payment. Well, either delay payment <laughs> yeah. or just, you know, £1.50. £1.50 for, for three quarters of a book. Yep. But she, she, look, it's not going to be a bad review because she loves your books. Oh, well, that's good. I'm you ready glad. for this? Here we go. When Daddy said he had another book to review, I was like, another one? And then I saw It's the Christmasaurus. And brilliant! I loved the Christmasaurus and the Naughty List and the Winter Witch. And the Christmasaurus Carol is just as good. In fact, even better. I love how you think, phew, there's nothing bad going to happen to them. And then, ah, something bad happened to them. She's good, isn't she? That is brilliant. That is the best Are you sure she's you? nine? Are you sure it's little Caroline putting on a kid's voice? Come on. <laughs> I haven't seen Mary for years. Yeah, Mary talks like that. Yeah, <laughs> she's very much into yeah. the darts nowadays. Yeah. Well, it's going well, isn't it? She's... Uh, it's fantastic. Yeah, passing my thanks. On. Thank I you very much. I think it's that. the first review I've had. Oh no, it's not the first. Actually, my nine-year-old, I gave it to him to read over the summer. He proofread it, and uh, he had like the early copy to spot. What notes did he give you? I, I get a lot of notes from him. What well, we'll kind? Give us a flavour. Well, he gets really hung up on the details where, you know, the inconsistencies that you might spot, like someone would leave a door open and you yeah. haven't, in the next bit, it's the illustration shows oh, the door shut. he's a continuity shut. guy. Really, yeah, he gets really focused on those. <laughs> so I had to go back and correct them, yeah. But he's also brilliant at coming up with like, bigger ideas, but he gets upset if I don't take his ideas on board. Good. As Quite right, too. Yeah. All right, so you are, the day job is coming back to bite you on Monday, the 23rd of October. So we have a tour, a power yeah. to play. We have a 20, how many, 23-day tour starting on the 23rd. That's nice, isn't it? McFly.com. How are you feeling about that? Are you, are you match fit? I oh, can't wait. Well, you, you know, we there? love what we do. You're Playing live up? is the, the, yeah. And these are smaller shows. These are like sweaty rock venues that I feel like really suits our new album. So we're really, really excited. We're in rehearsals at the moment. And, um... I mean, we love it so much. It's just the best part of being in a band. Yeah, and you do give great gigs. There's no, you were brilliant at Carfest. You were we better than Carfest. ever before. I, that felt like a really special one, actually. It you was were. just something about the atmosphere at the last it was one. That different, was just wasn't it? Really different. It was amazing. Different vibe, man. Different vibe. You've got to change things up and down and yeah. all around. Um, Busted have been smashing the O2 this week. Yeah, I went. I went and saw. Who came on the night you were there? Uh, Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran. Which was, yeah, amazing. And the night, the night before was Britney or the night after was Britney Spears? Uh, no, I don't, no, I don't know. I, don't. I think it was. Was, was it? it? Really? I don't, I don't know. know. I heard so. Maybe I dreamt it. 
By the way, you know dogs dream about their owners. Yeah, this is this yeah, is no what a great yes, fact. Yes, come on, Today, listen to this. This is a professor of something at Harvard. Right, he's come up with some well, research. Well, hopefully dogs. Yes. <laughs> and this is what a lovely fact to take into the weekend. Yeah. Dogs dream about their humans. No. How, oh, how do lovely? we? It's a nice idea. How does he know? Come he's on. a professor at Harvard. It doesn't matter. He's he might really be, clever. He might be in economics. Also. Or why wouldn't you want to believe that? Because I'm not. I'd rather <laughs> know than believe. I don't want to believe anything. You. I want to know Is that stuff. Lovely. And Holly dreams about me. It's yeah. so nice. No, I've got a cat who definitely doesn't. No, dream cats about, don't. So. Oh, doesn't even think that? about. Have you heard that next about a cat? What's that? Do you know? This is tells you all you need to know about cats, right? If a cat could text its owner, it wouldn't. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds like my cat. Yeah, 100%. Sounds like everybody's cat. Yeah. What's the other thing about a cat? So um, dogs and cats, the difference. If, 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 you, if you sadly pass away in, in, your, in your flat with your dog, your dog will just lie down next to you and will, and will die of starvation just next to you, you know, so mm. loyal to the end. If you, same situation, you have a cat, the cat will eat you. It took no. a while. Yeah, it took a while. No. Like the French bloke who used to eat planes and things. It took a while, but it would happen. <laughs> Um, so we're up to date with cats eating humans, which is good. Dogs allegedly dreaming about their owners, which is absolutely, anyway, interesting stuff. And Tom's a Christmas Saurus Carol. Um, so you'll be finishing your tour um, end of Novemberish, beginning of December. Does it slip uh, in December? And, uh, yeah, November, I think. In, in, All right, in, so in you'll November. be full on Christmas by the time you finish your full tour. Full on Christmas, yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, Christmas starts pretty early for, for me. Anyway. Do you have any plans? That you can tell us about. I know it's private. We are well. We have a pretty traditional Christmas, and we work because of you know things like the Christmas Horus. We you know we work a lot over Christmas. But then I'm going on a cruise with the family. Are you actually? Yeah, I know you're talking about cruises. You going, on a, going cruise? on a cruise? You've been yeah. on a cruise before. I've been on a, a couple of cruises before. All, only Disney cruises. <laughs> uh, my wife does the, the podcast with Disney Travel Company, and I get to be her plus one, which is the best. Uh, the best perk. Um, so you have to say they're great. They are genuinely amazing. Like, I did the first one without the kids, just me and my wife, and I, it was just it blew my mind. I love you know, Star Wars. Where are you going to go? Which, what kind of cruise are you going to go on this year? Around the Caribbean. We did one um, around um, Europe, around the Med last year. They're just amazing fun. They're so much fun. I yeah. And I'd never done one before and it, it's just so brilliant. Do you have um, any plans for Christmas, Vassos? Not in the moment, but you never know. Oh, what is this? You do? Yeah. He's, you have he's secret. Huge, he's made a massive <laughs> error. No, I haven't. You, uh, okay. I think we'll just be at home. What? Come round. <laughs> <laughs> right um, what else what else what else uh, how about presents for you and Giovanna because Tasha and I we don't do presents anymore and it was a trap for a while she said let's not do presents this year and for the first year she bought me presents and she made did. me feel terrible Ooh. for the rest of the year oh, that's bad, the it? opposite of brownie points how is it that when you're in the doghouse, the doghouse lasts for ages, ages but when you do something great your brownie points last for about a second if that yeah what's that about sometimes you try and spend them immediately what's that about Tom? and they've already expired yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, we, I've done the same. Actually, me and my wife, we say we're not getting presents. I think I'm more guilty of it than her, where I, I we say we're not going to do much and then I go out and do something. But I'm, more, I'm quite last minute, though, so it's, I, I never, you know, I I'm not very organised, so I don't plan in advance. Yeah. So there's the stress of the last minute yeah. purchase. And um, what about the kids? What are they? What kind of stuff do they like? Because it's nice to get kids stuff that they're going to use, isn't it? You know, I mean, you know, skateboards, roller skate. I mean, stuff that that they're going to do things with. They're yeah, going to move with it. Is what I'm saying. I suppose. I, the thing is, I love, I love the same stuff my kids love, mm. so, and I love toys. So it's, I, it's an excuse for me yeah. to have the things right, that I really good. want. This is good. Okay, so let's get in the time machine. Yes. Let's go back about 20 years. Yeah. Let's get the Argos catalog out. Mm -hmm. Right, and think we have a grown-ups budget, but we're a kid. 
Yeah. What are we buying? Well, I'm, weirdly, it's all the same stuff that's back now. So when I was a kid, it was Ninja Turtles and yeah. the Ghostbusters, and and it's all the same. And Doctor Who. My son's obsessed with Doctor Who. So if you know, his whole Christmas list last year was Sonic screwdrivers from Doctor Who. Right. And I was just like, yes. Because Eli's big into the ones, you know. So right, the really, Harry Potter ones. Harry Potter and there's ones, so yeah. many different ones you can get. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I mean, I've got like, most of them. Have you actually? Well, I had a lot of them before I had kids, and now my kids have just t- stolen them. What big Harry Potter fan? Massive Harry Potter fan. You know. Have you got a rack? The real... I, no, they're just kind of you know. You get one racks. Yeah, I know. I, I really should I'll get, get one. one. But I'll, get they're you one just... I'll get you. I'll get you one rack. I can oh, do that. Very much. And lightsabers. We've got a lot of lightsabers. I've just I've got the wall hanging things for the lightsabers. Just haven't put them up yet. Are there different lightsabers? Yeah, I didn't know that. Oh, you can do the best. You can build your own like custom ones, which are just amazing. What? Yeah. Oh, you got to get on the lightsabers. Because the first time they came out. You know, you think, well, how are they going to do the bit where it goes from the handle? And that was an extendable telescopic plastic kind of a situation, which was okay. Mm. But have they come on now? What? No. So now you can like, you can screw the, you can have it just the handle or you can screw in the bit and then it kind of lights up. But the best thing is with the new ones, you can, the kyber crystals, which is like at the heart of the lightsaber, you can dismantle your lightsaber and choose your kyber crystal and put nice. it inside which nice. is but you think with them msg not monosodium glutamate do you know the msg sphere the u2 sphere yeah, yeah. In Las uh-huh. Vegas? you think with that they'd come up with something that was a bit like a proper lightsaber that was well there is one so do you, do you know the the there's the star wars hotel that i don't think is open, open anymore but the, the like did immersive you say experience i did go and stay there which is unbelievable was it yeah and they had one there as part of the kind of not that you could have but it was as part of the show which was a real one that extended i mean the reaction when it came out was just unreal yeah that was amazing yeah i mean in the dark if you are actually blowing into a didgeridoo people might think (laughs) it's a lightsaber but it's not (laughs) it's not because it's the same sound isn't it it's similar it's a little bit more electronic a synthesized didgeridoo in the star wars hotel did was 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 the um, was Chewbacca like was he the Maitre D and things like that? Police? You're literally running around with stormtroopers and Chewie. Get out of here! Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it, it closed down. It's, it's closed, why is that? Why did that work? I don't know. It was it was amazing. Did someone stay in the stars at Star Wars Hotel? I would live there. It was, it was unreal. How many stars would you have given the Star Wars Hotel? Just, uh, all the stars. As many. All the stars. <laughs> all of the stars. <laughs> well, all for right. a start, if, you know, if you're a fan, you go live in any of the in the world of what you're a fan Tom, of. Tom, you can sense that we're descending into nonsense. I know we are, yeah. Uh, Tom Fletcher, A Christmas Tourist Carol, is out now, and it's another cracking read. Well done, Tom. Oh, I should say, I have an, a, a show that's uh, opening, to, uh, you opened yesterday called a Monst- There's a Monster in Your Show, opens in Watford. Oh, I've got, um, I've got that down somewhere. Yeah, it's touring up until June next year. It's based on one of my kids books I, I was... Tom's Who's in Your Book picture book series made its debut as a brand new musical show called There's a Monster in Your Show it premiered yesterday at the Watford Palace Theatre before heading off to more than 50 further venues around the UK the latest info can be found at monsterinyourshow.com okay. You're all I'm going over to see it, it today I can't wait I'm going He's to see it with my kids all today over it great all right, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. You're the best. Merry Christmas, Aurus. Merry Christmas, Aurus, to all of you. Um, and McFly.com for tickets to go and see McFly. You will not see a better gig ever. You might see one as good, but you won't see a better gig. Thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now with Scanning for Girls live down the corridor on the 17th floor overlooking St. Paul's, the beautiful River Thames. And Roy's here, Roy Stride, Greg Churchhouse and Pete Allard. They're Scanning for Girls. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. How are we? Amazing. Hey, Roy, we can see clearly <laughs> now. The booze is gone. We can, indeed. How are you feeling? Feel amazing. You're two years? Two years, yeah. Unbelievable. Well, coming up to 23 months. Yeah, I'm so Friday. So I'm Friday, 119, 126, 133 days today. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? It's beautiful. It is what it is. It's amazing, yeah. It is what it is. Well, congratulations on the new album. Here we go again. And um, that's not the name of the album. Here we go again. Uh, <laughs> good, good no, don't name. call that good that. Name. Oh, here we go again. Uh, the place we used to be out today and this tour all going very well tickets available now scanningforgirls.com kicks off on the 3rd of November up in Edinburgh all the way down to London just in time for Christmas indeed, indeed. how's it feeling? brilliant Most, to be honest most of the tickets have gone for that tour but yes. as an exclusive uh-huh. maybe on Monday I'm not even sure if I can say this but on Monday I, my manager's you don't care here. anymore on, on Monday we are announcing some more dates good pretty much apart from Leicester Everything else is sold out. Isn't it, <laughs> isn't it funny? When, when you're no longer hungover, it's easy to be naughtier. It is, isn't it? Because yeah. you're so anxious when you're yeah, hungover. Yeah. You think, I can't be naughty because I've been so naughty. I was so naughty last night, I can't be naughty in the morning. And it's now true. you're all sober, it's like, we'll be as naughty as we like. Yeah, exactly. Because nothing's as bad as that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry, this shouldn't be that kind of chat. I, can't, I know. This is the bridge on which we meet nowadays, Roy. Who would have thought? I, I've had some nights out with you, which, which I can't even remember. <laughs> which is the point, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, I've checked, by the way, we didn't leave anything on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not, no. All right, so tell us about... I know you're very happy with Glow. You yeah. weren't sure about it. You, you, you thought you felt, you felt good about it, but you weren't sure how it was going to land, the new single. And then uh, you played it to the rest of the guys, and they were like, yes, please, yeah. thank you very much indeed. Tell us about that. Well, it's been, you know, it's been a bit of a journey, which I've been on over the last couple of years. And the, the, the album's called The Place We Used to Meet. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, we had a big, long tour after COVID, which yep. was a bit of a nightmare. You know, things went a bit out of control. Yep. Stopped drinking after that tour mm-hmm. on the very last date. And I wasn't sure, because the whole band thing had been wound up with, with drinking yeah. and partying, it, uh-huh. it was kind of became the big part of this band. Uh-huh. You know, it was like a 15-year stag do. And, uh, <laughs> and I, was, I was kind of where the beer was free <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and encouraged. Uh, and I was kind of worried about, like, would I want to do it anymore? Right. And after a couple of months of, you know, of sort of, you know, just trying to find out what I want to do, the thing that came back the most was mm. the music. And it was recorded at a place we used to meet because... I got back to that stage when I was a kid where it was all about music yep. and playing with Greg and Pete. That's how it began, man. Exactly. And the picture on the front of the album is like our house where we used to practice in the yeah. bedroom. So, well, was, yeah. you look like a, a, more than a million dollars. You're like a billion dollars. <laughs> but you say the music came back. The music didn't go away. No. We went away. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah. Music was just waiting for us. Whenever you're ready, it's up to you. Take your choice. And, and it, was, it was the best thing because I thought, you know, because the, the shows were so much about, it even got to a point where we used to joke sometimes going, this would be great if we didn't have to do the shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they almost got in the way. And so I thought, you know, what is it going to be like playing live without, you know, any drinks or anything like that? And it's, it's the most beautiful thing because now it's just the music. Yeah, yeah. And it's just the connection with the fans. Yeah. And it's the most magic thing. 
I know. Well, it's the thing about it is it's the same. It's the same vibe, but it's um, constructive as opposed to destructive. Yeah. You know, and you come away better and stronger from every experience. Yeah. Because they talk about it. They talk about it, what's it called? There's there's a there's a level, and the level is the level that we all live on, and it can be it can get a bit uncomfortable sometimes. Of course it can. You know, yeah. especially when you overthink things and everything else. And so you just want to get off that level. Yeah. And so you don't care whether you step above it or you step below it. And if you consume something, a distraction or whatever it's, whether it's TV, whether it's movies, whether it's drugs, whether it's booze, whether it's sex, whatever it is, then it gets you off the line. But the thing is, you go below the line. Yeah. And and if you keep distracting yourself, you go lower and lower and lower. Yeah. Then when you get back on the line, you can't reach up because you can't literally can't reach anymore. Yeah. If you do other stuff like play music or paint or go out with your kids, you know, yeah. or cook a meal for your mates, you get off the line, but you go above it. Yeah. So if you want to go back, you just step down, step yeah. back down again. Yeah. And that's yeah. the difference, isn't it? And with that line, you know, I think this is why music, live music is so amazing yeah. because you're, you're present. And for years, I don't think I was present. I was always just trying to get away from stuff. And like yeah. now, like playing live is like the, the best feeling. And everyone, everyone's there. You know, no one's looking at that. Well, people are filming it. But no one's really looking at their phone. You know, yeah, or yeah. watching TV. They're there in that moment. Yeah, and yeah. So and now I feel like tapped into it. I well, love you, it. look, you were good before. So, <laughs> I mean, what's it going to be like? What is it going to be like now? What's this tour going to be like next? Well, I, hasn't, we've been saying, Greg, haven't we? The last live shows have been off the scale haven't yeah. they they have been amazing they've been we we've also got this new guitarist who's, who's supposed to be here we were going to be amazing say, yeah. but new he, but tardy yeah <laughs> well he got he got sick at uh and he's just three days ago which is why we didn't bring him right he, like we were going to drag him along but he would have infected everybody so we <laughs> but he's been amazing and mm. he's literally brought this new energy and we're just you know we're just it's been it's like a new band and we plus with all the big hits we've got and yeah, it's just been brilliant. Yeah. Well, there's a great, um, there's a great uh, Zen Cohen. Um, I think it comes from Confucius. And he says, um, you only get two lives, the second of which begins when you realize you actually only have one. Yeah. And that's where we are. Yeah. That's where we are. Should we crack on? Yeah. Let's do it. Vass, over to you. From Scouting to Skelton, you loved her on Blue Peter. You adore her on Country File. You voted for her on Strictly. Her adventures are ridiculous. And now you can read all about them in her new book, In My Stride, out now. So please welcome the absolute belter, helter, skelter, Helen Skelter. Nice. Good intro, Vassos. How are you, Hel? Really good, thank you. It's like a burst of energy coming in here with you, Tessa. Oh, so good. Well, I mean, that's something coming from you. <laughs> this book is brilliant. Read it yesterday, cover to cover. Awesome. I mean, you know, we've been around, we've been alongside you for everything you've done. We were here before you were there. And we're all still here now but you just forget until was it like that for you when you started to chronicle all these things you've done yeah and the kids like my middle one yeah. was doing about antarctica in school and he said um yeah he started asking me questions and you pull on that thread don't you and i thought if i don't write this down now yeah. if i don't put it in a book i'm gonna lose the ability to go listen kids there was this one time where you know when they tell me that i'm old and boring i'll be like no it's never gonna happen look at this book <laughs> there was this one time and it kind of yeah reminded me what a wonderful opportunity and experience it was and yeah. I think when you're in it you don't want to go oh I did this and I did that but yeah. it was cool so I just some people do don't they some people sort of wear their their sort of experiences on their sleeve and it's all good you know some people love it and they have all these stories and you think oh my goodness me you're the kind of person that so much has happened to you. I think no no you're just a, you're just somebody who loves remembering them and telling the stories about them and um, for others of us who are just so busy doing it 
you go, well, I don't know. Maybe I've got some stories. Maybe I haven't. But you have in spades. I didn't know a few things that are in the book. I didn't know about all that time in France that you spent. Um, I knew that you were in France, but I didn't realize it was such a departure. And, you know, you were you. it was a big decision for you to, to stop what you were doing for a while. And, you know, would you ever get back there? Also, I didn't know that you were brought up on a farm. So I didn't know all this. Didn't know your dad was a farmer. <laughs> it's brilliant, man. Oh, do you know what? People love that. People get farming when I was a kid was yeah. not cool. You know, it was the farm kids. Now people are into where food comes from and nature and the natural world. So farming's almost had like a rebirth yeah. and people think it's cool all of a sudden that I'm from a farm. My dad's like, I told you, you should have gone into farming with your dad, shouldn't you? Yeah. He's not actually a farmer now. He's an AI man, which is, that also creates a lot of chat. It's so interesting, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'll never forget, I had a big old chat with somebody at the BBC about programmes and I just ended up talking about my dad and his catalogue of cows and artificial <laughs> insemination and all that. So, yeah. But you're, so chat. you were super qualified for these farming shows. I had no idea. Well, it's just fun. And it's it, when we're on the farm, people say, you guys look like friends and family and it's relaxed. And yeah. that's because that's exactly what it is. Often my kids are in the background. We'll be doing stuff on the farm. You can be in the middle of a live link and there's a sheep giving birth behind you yeah. you have to help out because you're there or there can be a goat wandering you know across the back of set we always send the most unfarmy floor manager to get the goat when it's got out because it just makes for a good laugh that is hilarious <laughs> um, obviously this uh, all the tales about your auditioning for various things your days in radio your time on radio which is all so cool on a breakfast show I loved it I absolutely loved it and I think that's why I like this industry because I like talking to people people yeah. and I think it's a privilege to get to be in people's lives and I think it gives you great perspective and that's what the book is I don't want it to be there was this one time and I did this wonderful thing and that yeah. wonderful thing for me this book is about how the heck and why the heck did I do that and this is what I learned along the way when I was yeah. 20 I thought I knew everything and then I got to 30 and thought I knew nothing yeah and then you get to a point where you know you don't know everything and that's when you know something and, <laughs> and that's what this book is I wanted to take from each random challenge the things that I learned the things that were useful and share them and they're easy things yeah so Helen Skelton in my stride lessons learned through life and adventure I didn't realise you were so young when you had your own breakfast show youngest ever Youngest on the BBC network, yeah. Tell us about that. I mean, it was a baptism of fire. So I'd gone into the newsroom. I was the only person in there who hadn't gone to university and done a journalism degree. So, you know, the BBC colleagues at the time were like, you'll never get a job yeah. here unless you do this degree. But that wasn't me. I didn't want to do that. Not everybody uh -huh. wants to go to uni and I didn't want to. Um, but what I had in my arsenal was that I knew the area, I knew people, I knew stories. So I just used that and had content all the time you know I knew I knew who was getting picked for the local football club because my brother worked there yeah. I knew what skills were shutting down because my mum worked in teaching yeah, yeah. so I, I had a wealth of stories then got offered the breakfast show which yeah when you're like 22 and 22 years old doesn't yeah, happen getting up at 3am every day and yeah yeah it was a baptism of fire it was probably too soon but I was glad it happened well no it wasn't too soon because it is what it is it was what it was and we are where we are and we're all exactly where we're supposed to be that's the deal isn't it it's the best way to you know so so then um that that ended and then you came down to London uh that was hilarious wasn't it straight away so because that ended it was you know and it's embarrassing basically I got the sack yeah. just because they wanted to change it and then you can't really go back into the newsroom can you so I was like fine off to London I'll go to London yeah nowhere to go didn't know anyone yeah was trying to get a flat share and you know had people saying to me as part of the rent you have to go out for dinner with us once a month mm -hmm. which was weird um so it was that was a total baptism of fire and I knocked on doors everywhere sky I ended up working at sky yeah I ended up working in radio in news rounds and 
got the most work at news rounds, but I had I had nothing, you know, I'd gone from having a boyfriend and a house and a job to then arriving in London with nothing. Yeah. And I still can't work out the tube. So it was <laughs> definitely over my head. Um, but it was a good time because I ended up at Blue Peter yeah. at a time when the boss was, and it's fair to say, it was a bit bonkers, you yeah. know. I suggested bonkers things and he said, why not? And so wasn't it true that somebody you were working with said, if you don't go to audition for, for Blue Peter, something like, I'm going to send you to Mars or something? Uh, yeah, I I was working on Newsround as a freelancer and I was doing all the sport. Yeah. So Fabio Capello, and it, as a children's TV presenter in yeah. sport, it's brilliant. Dan Rowan's there asking about the back four. I'm asking, who do you text first if you win? So obviously they want to talk to me, which yeah. is great, because if you're a footballer, you want the questions about your favourite sandwich, don't yeah. you? Rather than who do you think should be captain? So it was going well. <laughs> and that's what was happening. So um, simple. I never forget I went to an England press conference and I ate an apple from what I thought was the buffet. And it wasn't. It was an art installation. <laughs> and I had to shake everybody's head like Michael Owen with this apple core in my hand that I didn't want well, to. Well, you're looking at a real apple. You know, yeah. not yeah. a fibreglass apple or something like that. And so... I was loving news rounds, yeah. wanted to go to the Olympics and Blue Peter asked me to audition and I said, singing and dancing on telly. Not for me. Not for me. But yes, Sinead Rocks looked me in the eye and said, if you don't go for that audition, I'll sack you. Yeah. Because it's the best gig. And I went and auditioned and nearly got kicked off that because as a Blue Peter presenter, you have to do an assault course. And there's me sitting there. Sorry, I feel like this story's going on forever. Um you have to do the assault course. And I thought, brilliant, I'll smash this. And I got the quickest time. And every time they shoved a camera in my face to ask how I was feeling, I was like, I'm in the middle of something here. Get yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah. So I legged it through the assault course, not realising it wasn't about the time, was it? Yeah. It was about taking the viewer on the journey and yeah, yeah, of course. all of that. Yeah. So they said, go back, do it again. And I did and got the job. Yeah. And then five years um, unfolded of like the greatest time. I just, and all these opportunities. I just think you never know what's around the corner. Yeah. So for me, I knew I was on that show and I wanted to make it as big as possible. Mm. Someone suggested the Amazon. I said, let's do it all. Admittedly, I didn't know how big it was yeah. when I said that. Ignorance is bliss. Three countries, a whole continent, 2018 miles. Yeah, I didn't get... I was like, oh, right, yeah. 42, And you had to do it in 42 days because even though you were doing it for Blue Peter, they would only give you six weeks off anyway. Yeah, oh, gosh, yeah. So we just... But hang on, but I'm doing it for you. <laughs> yeah, but we took the distance and we divided it. Yeah. So there were guys who were like, right, you've got to do 70-odd miles a day. Yeah. And that's if it goes well. Mm. And they'd have random days where they'd say... You know, there's a brilliant team of people that bring that together, like Matt and Eric yeah, and yeah, Gow yeah. and all the rest of it. And they'd say to me, come on, I think you can get a world record today. I think you should really push it. You can really go for 80 miles. And I'd be like, all right. And like throwing up on myself and blisters yeah, and yeah. sores on my bum and bites. And I'd push it and push it. And they're like, yes, she paddled that far. We got to a village. We can buy beer. I was like, Jesus, guys. <laughs> and, but also a couple of days from the end, you knew you were going to do it, didn't you? Yeah. And, and uh, you couldn't finish at the end of the Amazon because there's nothing there. So you had to pick a village? Yes. So we picked a random village in the middle of nowhere. And I think now, because of the internet and life, you think the world is small and yeah. you forget. We were meeting people on that river who had never met people outside of their family. Crazy. We were meeting people for who coffee and sugar was worth more than gold. Yeah. And so it was the most random. If you're a kid and you think of an adventure, that was it. Mm. Fish jumping over the sides and landing in your lap every day. And we had that for dinner. 
real pirates coming after you for coffee and sugar. Yeah. Real, you know, people checking your passports to see what jabs you've got. And if you haven't got the right jab, you've got to go to a town to find a doctor to get yellow fever. It was the most immersive adventure. And... I didn't want it to end, you know, because I hadn't. I, didn't, I know. I remember you saying. Conditioned to do it, I didn't but you felt like about a few things to do with Blue Peter, didn't you? Didn't you and your mate, uh, one of your co-presenters, you got back to London and then you just carried on on the train <laughs> to to the terminus and come back again because yeah. you just didn't want to be home because you thought because that's the end of what we've just done now. And it's a moment in your life. What was isn't that it? trip? That was. I think we'd been in Italy, yeah, right. and so we used to do these summer trips where you yeah, just yeah. go away for six weeks. And what a sweet spot in telly. Our job was to excite kids about the world. Yeah. What's better than that? You know, and there's a brilliant poem. I keep referring to it, but I, you love it. Tony Walsh on the 60th anniversary of Blue Peter does a brilliant poem on YouTube and it's eight minutes long, but it's brilliant because it sums up what Blue Peter is and it's what it'll always be for me. Right. That show was talking about sustainability before sustainability was a thing. Yeah, yeah. That show was telling kids to be whoever they want to be before transgender was a discussion. Yeah. And I just think that at the heart of it is what that show is and that's why I'll be forever proud to be part of it. So what was hardest, the, the run in the desert, because I know you've run loads of London marathons, you've run the New York Marathon as well. It's all in the book, everyone. Uh, but you had, did run seventy-eight miles in a desert in Nairobi, and you had to do it within within twenty-four hours. That sounded pretty horrific because you know you get a sense from a chapter, f- from the flavour of the chapter, how hard things were. I thought, oh, this sounds like it was really hard because that was the first real big challenge, right? Like you don't know how tough you are until the going gets tough, do you? Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't done any of those big challenges and that was the first time that... I'm not... First of all, I'm not a runner. Like I, When I signed up to do that, I ran 10 minutes yeah. and my dad went, do you think this is a good idea? Because <laughs> I thought, honestly, I thought my lungs were hanging out of my mouth. Yeah. And, and I was like, Dad, I'm in it now. And I did it because I wanted to prove something to myself yeah. and I wanted to prove something to the audience, to the yeah. kids who were in it with you. And it was awful. I did 80 miles. I had to do it in 24 hours. I mean, I was dehydrated. I was hallucinating. Yeah. I was crouching behind the little... And you were passing taxi. all the fridges full of freezing cold Coca-Cola that the crew could have, but you weren't allowed it because you could only drink what you took with you. Correct. The crew wow. were in the car. And they're like your team, aren't they? And on, I can't say it on radio, but they, at one point they were... <laughs> I was broken. I was crying. I didn't think I was going to do it. I was back of the park. The doctors were popping the blisters on my feet. And they'd all had a bet on the logistics not whether or not I'd finish it. They had a bet at what point I'd drop out. Ouchie. So I was like, you, you can yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah. And I run past Kieran in the van and I watched him opening an ice cold can of Coke. I was like, they had to speed off. So That's not fair. It was a quick half marathon that though, so I was chasing them down. Yeah. And how are marathon, when you, once you've done something like that, how, how are marathons after that? Are they easy? Because I don't think marathons are ever easy. I've done, I've done quite a few. Bass has done loads. He's done 150 mile races and things like that. But they're never easy, are they? No. Oh, we were we were we were on the start line of a marathon recently, just some some fellow Barnes runners and I, and we hadn't really thought about it because we were doing it in, in memory of a friend of ours, yeah. and so we were on the start line in Denby's Vineyard. It's a bit of fun, bit of fun. And then suddenly we looked at each other and went, "Hang on, we're about to run a marathon," yeah. and we hadn't really sort of given it the proper respect, and it was pre- it was pretty tortuous actually because you it's never t- running twenty six miles is never easy. It's always twenty six miles. Mm. What's twenty six point two? But, but it was think? never twenty. It's never ever been twenty six miles for me. I've only ever done five miles lots of times. And it's it's never easy, but I think that is the point. And that's why I did any of these things. Because life throws things that you don't want to deal with. Mm. And I signed up for that marathon because I wanted something so brutally, awfully horrendous yeah. that I could go, do you know what? That hurt, but it was fine. 
So it's all in there. The boxing's in there as well for comic relief. I forgot about that. I forgot about so much of the stuff you've been through, but you literally you take it on the chin. Um, you, you won. Lost uh, a tooth. Comic relief. Um, and then there's the high wire of Battersea. There's lots of other things as well. Uh, we've got to fast forward because we're, you know, we've, we have time pressures, uh, but it's all in the book. Then we fast forward to Strictly and you suddenly realise, you know, as you're about to dance on Strictly for the first time, this is actually the most nervous you've ever been because it took you by surprise. Again, speaking to what Fassus just said, probably because you thought, I've got, I look, look at the things I've done, but you have to give everything the respect it deserves or be prepared for it to come back and punch you in the face. And I think it's all right to be terrified. It's all right to be absolutely petrified. Yeah. And sometimes we're not used to that, are we? But you were surprised though, weren't you? you oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I walked into that room. I mean, that's my, that was my background. That was my life, the big studio floors and the cameramen. Yeah. And I couldn't believe that I was like... They used to say to me, Helen, you look like you don't want to be on that dance floor. I was like, I don't. I quite like the training room. Thank you. I just want to do it by myself. Yeah. Can I just do it on my own? And they're like, no, you've got to do it in front of 12 million people. And again, I just think all of those things are good reference points for life. Yeah. I was so, that, at that point, I was so terrified I couldn't even have a proper conversation. No, I know. And, and then um, the, your partner said, uh, you know, why don't you be sexy? My and, dance partner, yeah, yeah, and there's, there's, a, yeah, and there's a, there's a big, it's a big point in the book, isn't it? And you put it in uppercase, and it's like, oh, you thought, well, that's a bit of a strange thing to say to me, and he said, well, why? And then you thought, well, I've never felt like that. I've never thought about things like that. And that's that's been a tipping point in your life, it would seem, anyway, because then the rest of the chapter is like you going, oh. But I think as a grown-up, yeah. you, I mean, who likes going to those courses and saying, you know, when you're going to sit in a circle and you've got to stand up and say something about yourself? Yeah. It's quite awful, isn't it, for a lot of us? It's like, yeah. oh, got to like turn my skin yeah, inside yeah, yeah. out. And that's what it felt like. Yeah. And I think I, I love everything about Streetly, but I went in there and I used to look at the others... And like, Fleur's my friend and I used to look at her in the makeup chair you know so confidently like doing TikToks and embracing it all yeah, and I was yeah. like I want to be like that I want to be that girl yeah yeah and you know I want to be probably like that girl at school that can talk to the boys and wear the short skirts and all that and I was like and even you know they'd all be like dancing around and having a good time and I was thinking why are they so outwardly owning it right and what was brilliant piece of advice from Gorka he kept saying own it and I was like I don't know what you mean I own a house I own a car I don't know what you mean <laughs> But what he meant was, whatever stage you're in, yeah. own it. Because I'd be like, oh my God, my nails are embarrassing. He's like, yeah, of course you've got bad nails because you're a working mum and you haven't got time to get your nails done. Own it. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. You, do, you don't feel massively sexy and confident in this outfit, in this hair and makeup because it's not yours. Yeah. Own it. Fine. It's different for you. It's a challenge. Yeah. You turn in a new page. And I thought it was brilliant, brilliantly insightful advice from him. And so obviously you, you picked up that baton and you ran with it and you, you know, you got all the way to the final, you came second. Um, what did you, did, what was your, what were your hopes and dreams for Strictly before you started? Did you, how far did you honestly think you'd get? I honestly wanted to get to Blackpool. Right. I wanted to get to Blackpool because I've been on holiday there a million times. <laughs> I knew my family would come. to check you're still the same. <laughs> literally, literally, my kids are devastated I'm not in, in um, Strictly this year. Do you know why? Well, you want to go to Blackpool. Go to Blackpool. <laughs> I was like, I'll take you anyway, babe. Um, and I wanted to get to Blackpool. And then I think once you get past a few weeks in Strictly, yeah. I think for me, every week I loved it more and more. And other people maybe felt the competition, but every week I knew this isn't going to last forever. Right. Don't wish it away. Nothing lasts forever, does it? Right, I see. So you more than met it in the middle in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I just loved it. I watch it now and I'm like, oh, can I? I'm always texting the execs. I'm like, if you need a sub, I'm yeah. ready. 
Now, this PTSD, what's the Strictly equivalent of PTSD, do you think? Because it's been your year of, of post-Strictly, hasn't it? Everybody has it, because I just saw Tom downstairs on his way out, yeah, wonderful yeah. Tom. Yeah. He's like, are you watching Strictly? And I was like, yeah. Of course. Don't, don't you get more addicted when you've been in it? And he was like, yeah. And he's like, this is the first year he can watch it normally. Right. Because <laughs> it's, it's been long enough. <laughs> As opposed to going, oh, well, if I was in it, I'd do it like that. Uh, by the way, we've not even touched on the Olympics and Skirtgate and all that kind of stuff <laughs> that's in there. But it's so cool that you tell all those stories. Well, I hope people have a laugh and I yeah. hope people get something out of it that's useful. Just speak to that a bit about the whole Olympics. Oh, thing. the short gate. So yeah. went to Rio. It was my first gig since becoming a mum. I think lots of parents might feel the same. You know, you have kids. Yeah. Oh, what now? What's happening? Who am I? Shall I work? Shall I not work? All yeah. the rest of it. I ended up at the Olympics, my first gig at Rio. And I loved it. We had the best time. Mark Foster, Becky Adlington. Yeah, I remember. We were winning medals for fun. But also you three were smashing it after after Thank it. Thank you. It was great, wasn't it? We yeah, talked well, about it all the well, time. I was I was in Rio. It was yeah. it was a really good atmosphere. We just had... amongst the BBC team. It was great. It was good fun, and that's what telly should be, shouldn't it? Mm. Good people, good stories, good times. And um it was really hot and I wore shorts and I didn't realise that the short I genuinely didn't realise the short had our legs in. Fozzie had no shoes on, I had no shoes on, and somebody made a comment about my shorts and it exploded yeah. and you didn't realize the shot was as wide you thought it was more of a mid shot didn't well, you we thought it was a desk because yeah. we all had our shoes off under the yeah. desk um, but we didn't realize our legs were in it right and somebody made a comment about my legs and um, yes that exploded and the next thing i knew my brother was like helen why is dad on this morning talking about women being victimised? That and is hilarious, like, isn't it? Why is dad on this morning? I don't and know. he came out fighting, didn't he? Quite rightly, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. I mean, my dad is a northern dairy farmer, but he is a feminist. He literally was like, why are we talking about what women are wearing? Yeah. We should be talking about what women are women, uh, what women are doing. Fran Halsell's about to win an Olympic gold. Was he on um, Skype or was he on the sofa? No, on Skype. <laughs> I can't, get, can't leave his cows, Chris. Come on. <laughs> With journalists um, turning up at my parents, my mum was making them a cup of tea for pap photographers because they'd travelled a long way. That's funny. Um, what's going on now? Tell, tell them what's the latest. Uh, so, um, I'm doing a really fun show for the BBC, which will be out in spring, but it means I get to swim in the lake a lot, which is wonderful. Wow. Um, lots of morning live. Yeah. Obviously, lots of book stuff. And, I mean, this is the busiest time of year for kids, isn't it? My house yeah. is a mecca to Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Trick or cheating's going on. Countdown to Christmas. So, yeah, lots going on. Well, good for you. Good for you. Great story, House Bells. And long may it continue. You are one of the hardest working people in this business. I mean, it doesn't take a lot because it's not that hard a work at a business. <laughs> but but you do work really hard. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you for always being so lovely and supportive. No, you, I think you're, you're awesome. I think you're absolutely awesome. Any big expeditions or adventures planned? No, the stuff I want to do, but I can't obviously go away for a long time because of the kids. Yeah, yeah. What I love is that the eldest is quite into the outdoorsy stuff like me. So I... Leo holds in and, uh, and his wife invited us on a climb, so maybe. Well, you know, um, Breaking Dad, Bradley Walsh and his son did. Yes. Could you do something like that, maybe? Maybe. That might yeah. be fun. Oh. My, my mum and dad keep saying, oh, do you think you could do Race Across the World? I'm like, yeah, but you guys have got to look after the kids, so the kids are going to have oh, to come. Oh, they go with you or whatever. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, as if you're not busy enough. Great to see you again. Nice to see you. You are the best. Love the 80s? <laughs> Then you'll love Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Love Chris Evans. Love the 80s. Over on Virgin Radio 80s Plus. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.